Part One, Chapter Five of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Doyle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter Five. Well, begin," said Dolokhov. "All right," said Pierre, still smiling as before. It was a solemn moment. It was evident that the affair, which at first had been so trivial, could no longer be averted, but was now bound to take its course to the very end irrespective of the will of the men denisof first went forward to the barrier and announced as the adversaries have refused to agree we may proceed take your pistols and at the word three advance and fire uh one two three cried denisof sternly and stepped to one side the two men advanced along the trodden path coming closer and closer their faces growing more and more distinct to each other in the fog. The antagonists had the right to fire at any moment before reaching the barrier. Dolokhov advanced slowly, not raising his pistol, but fastening his bright, glittering blue eyes on his opponent's face. His lips, as usual, wore what seemed like a smile. "'So it seems I can fire when I please,' said Pierre to himself, and at the word three he advanced with quick strides, leaving the beaten path and pushing through the untrodden snow. He held the pistol in his right hand out at arm's length, apparently afraid of killing himself with it. His left hand he strenuously kept behind his back, because he felt such a strong desire to support his right arm with it, which he knew was out of the question. It was after he had gone six steps that he left the trodden path. He looked down at his feet, then gave a quick glance at Dolokhov, and pulling the trigger, as he had been told to do, he fired. Not anticipating such a loud report, Pierre jumped, and then smiling at his own sensations, stood back stock still. The smoke, made heavier by the misty atmosphere, prevented him from seeing anything at first, but there was no second report as he had expected. All he could hear was Dolokhov's hasty steps, and then his form loomed up through the smoke. He was holding one hand to his left side, with the other he clutched the pistol, which he did not raise. His face was pale. Rostov had rushed up to him and was saying something. No, hissed Dolokhov through his teeth. No, I'm not done yet. And making a few tottering, staggering steps toward the saber, he fell on the snow near it. His left arm was covered with blood. He wiped it on his coat and supported himself with it. His face was pale and contracted, and a spasm passed over it. I beg of you, began Dolokhov, but he could not speak coherently. Please, he said with difficulty. Pierre hardly restrained his sobs, started to run to Dolokhov, and was just crossing the line when Dolokhov cried, Stop at the barrier! Pierre, realizing what he meant, paused near the sabre. They were only ten paces apart. Dolokhov bent his head over to the snow, greedily ate a mouthful, lifted his head again, straightened himself up, tried to get to his feet, and sat down in his effort to recover his equilibrium. He swallowed the icy snow and sucked it. His lips twitched, but he still smiled, and his eyes gleamed with concentrated hatred as he tried to collect his failing strength. He raised the pistol and tried to aim. "'Stand sideways. Protect yourself from the pistol,' cried Nesvitsky. "'Protect yourself,' instinctively cried Denisov, though he was the other's second. Pierre, with his sweet smile of compassion and regret, 
helplessly dropping his arms and spreading his legs stood with his broad chest exposed directly to dolokhof and looking at him mournfully denisof rostof and nesvitsky shut their eyes they heard the report and simultaneously dolokhof's wrathful cry missed cried dolokhof and lay back feebly on the snow face down pierre clutched his temples and turning back went into the woods trampling down the virgin snow and muttering incoherent words folly folly death lies he kept repeating with scowling brows nesvitsky called him back and took him home rostof and denisof lifted the wounded dolokhof they put him in the sledge where he lay with closed eyes and without speaking or making any reply to their questions but when they reached moscow he suddenly roused himself and with difficulty raising his head seized rostof's hand who was sitting next to him rostof was struck by the absolutely changed and unexpectedly softened expression of dolokhof's face well how do you feel now asked rostof wretchedly but that is no matter my dear said dolokhof in a broken voice where are we we are in moscow i know it it's no matter about me but i have killed her killed her she won't get over this she won't survive who asked rostof my mother my mother my good angel my adored angel my mother and dolokhof burst into tears pressing rostof's hand when he had grown a little calmer he explained to rostof that he lived with his mother that if his mother should see him dying she would not survive it he begged rostof to go and break the news to her rostof rode on ahead to attend to this and to his great surprise discovered that dolokhof this insolent fellow this bully dolokhof lived with his old mother and a hunchbacked sister and was a most affectionate son and brother End of chapter five